0: everybody. I'm Kate Conroy.
1: And I'm Vanessa Votella.
0: And this is Other People's Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the largest statewide business association in the United States of America. We release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, Shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group. They do home, auto, and workers comp, and they are the official sponsor of the show. So check them out if you need some updated coverage.
1: Very, very cool. Just a housekeeping matter too. before we get this train rolling. This podcast is available just about anywhere you can get a podcast. That's iTunes, Google Play, Amazon's TuneIn. We even throw these things up on YouTube if you'd rather watch than listen. But no matter how you check the show out, give it some love. Give it that like. Give it that comment. Give it that five-star review on iTunes. Helps the respective algorithms on each thing find new listeners that we could really use. But with all that out of the way, our awesome guest today from AT&T is Jessica Falante. Jessica, say hi. Let the audience hear your voice. Hi. It's good to be here. I hope you all are
0: well. Had a good yeah, holiday. It's to have you. Absolutely. Did you have a good holiday?
2: I did. I uh, hosted my parents in from New York. Um, I'm in Texas, in Dallas, Texas. So it's always good to give them some warmer weather and, uh, you know, some turkey. So we had a great time.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> we How had... long were they in?
2: I'm sorry, say that again. <laughs> How long were they in?
1: Was it just the one day and oh, then shake them right four... back down? <laughs>
2: Four days. Um, we had enough time to see a Dallas Stars game versus the Winnipeg Jets. Sadly, the Stars did not prevail, but it was good to get in some hockey while they were here. I, I was
1: just going to say, I'm going to show my ignorance and be like, what sport are the Dallas Stars? <laughs> <laughs> that's not NHL, though, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. I, see, that's how long it's been. So,
0: yeah, all right. The only reason <laughs> yes. I know that about the Dallas Stars is because... Back in my youth, they were the North Stars, the Minnesota North Stars, and yeah. I'm still bitter Everybody about the fact can. that they left and why and how. It was not a good thing. It was bad. I
1: feel like we talked about this on the second or third episode of our show, but why I'm did still they leave? Bitter about it because yeah, the
0: owner, whose name I believe was Norm Green, demanded that the city build a new stadium, and the city was like that's a lot of money. No, I don't think we're going to do that. And he said, if you don't, I'm taking the team and I'm moving to Texas. And they were like, Texas doesn't need a hockey team. but are you crazy? We're going to call you on your bluff. And sure enough, he took the team and he moved them to Texas and everybody was just shot. I we- know. I know you're getting they're- a lot of love we're bringing
2: you know hockey to texas and um as a transplant i feel it's my duty to breed more hockey fans down here so um i have two of them
1: and it's great i love it <laughs> hockey is my first as well. <laughs> didn't texas already have a hockey team wasn't it like the oilers or something like houston no am i making this up is there no houston hockey team no uh-huh. There's only one hockey team in Texas, and it's the, well, there's
2: a lot of like AHL ones, or or I think there's one or
1: two, but uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Okay, all right. I mean, I don't know why you would take it from Minnesota, like you know, like you. there's got to be another state that makes less sense to have hockey,
0: but <laughs> that's I'll
1: give it to you. It's, they it's might mourn yeah. that more than other places. <laughs> we exactly. were better.
0: I'm still better. The long time we were better. For a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway, okay. So today's icebreaker is what are you currently binging? Uh, It can be books, movies, television, food, and I am happy to go first since it's sometimes hard for guests to think of something on the spot. So I'm currently binging Inside Amy Schumer, which was a sketch comedy show from back in the day. It was not the, it was, yeah, it was Comedy Central and now it's on Paramount+. Plus she's so smart it just she makes me laugh every time i see her in anything really so i'm loving it and it's making me want to rewatch the movie or not movie the tv show that she did on hulu during the pandemic life and beth oh yeah did that get renewed i don't i don't know i don't know if it did or not but it was great it was great yeah so inside amy schumer is awesome check it out if you can
1: actually kate sent me a, a link to one of the clips and it was hilarious so i'm definitely it gonna check them out, yeah it totally was Jessica, Jessica, what do you do you say?
2: holiday break to-do list um well book wise actually book and movie wise um i am binging l.m montgomery books so <gasps> you may know anne of green gables which you know for yeah. most young girls is like you know, a feminist icon and um, just she's got moxie, she's got red hair, you know, really um, charismatic. And uh, so actually this summer, my husband took us on our 10 year anniversary trip to Prince Edward Island. So I got to nerd out and I got to go to like the train station where she's sitting with her little suitcase waiting for her, waiting to be adopted. Um,
1: and uh
2: we went to you know just to see all the nature and the fields and lover's lane where she and her lover Gabe uh you know got to walk down together. So I've been really enjoying, I think this year has just been so hard and so heavy that like I needed lightness and innocence and just mm-hmm. the sweetness of and so um, that is that is what I'm binging like seventh so you grade. you said literature. both the books
1: and the movies. Are you doing? Are you like reading the book and then watching the movie and then reading the next book and then watching the next movie? a little bit they didn't
2: make one for one like it's not like a harry potter situation that there were enough of us that they were like yes we need to cater to all these people and make for the nine books that she wrote um a yeah. movie for each but um but there's I, i'm pretty loyal to the one that's shot in the 80s um and so and it's funny because we don't have a dvd player they don't stream it on Hulu or Netflix. So we had to buy a specific app, Gazebo, which I will plug on this podcast to be able to access (laughs) these movies. That's
0: commitment. I I, um, I totally bought those movies on DVD. And that is the only reason I still own a DVD player to to play (laughs) those old movies because I am also partial to those ones that were made in the 80s. Nobody does a puffed sleeve like the 1980s. Let's just say it. So, so good. good. <laughs> um, have you seen the Anne with an E uh, miniseries? Yeah. Oh, I watched a couple of episodes and it was so dark. I was like, no, yeah. this yeah. is taking what I love about this series. And
2: it's just Thank like you. 21st you. century, you know, making it morbid and- and
0: the cynicism. Yeah, too adult,
1: like too PG-13 for me. I
0: totally agree.
1: What is it on? Netflix. Yeah, oh, Netflix. yeah, Netflix would definitely make sense. Uh, you say that. Like, I missed Netflix before. You say that like that's the only place we could do <laughs> it. I don't think did. I
0: did mention Netflix, but I, I did give you a tone in my, in my response <laughs> on Netflix. Have you read the other Ella Montgomery, like Emily of New Moon? And Yeah. I am on that one, actually. Funny you say that.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> is it one canonical series, or is, are these independent books that just- They're,
0: Independent series. So there's the Anne books, and then there are the Emily books, and then there's a third, uh Lantern Hill. But I can't think of the name of the heroine.
2: Yeah. Oh
1: gosh. How many are in with It'll each person?
0: So the Emily books, I think there are three. The Anne books, there are eight or nine, and or th- nine. and the Anne books take her right through adulthood, so that she's got seven kids with the man she ends up with, Gilbert Blythe, and those last books are about spoiler her spoiler
1: alert by the
0: way yeah. spoiler alert i know sorry <laughs> well i sufficiently
2: confused the audience because i called them gabe so now they're they won't know is it gill is it gabe we don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was such a great relationship oh i could geek out about them for hours they were so like mean to each other as kids like they were good
2: it felt very relatable because at the end of the series, World War One comes and she brings that into the narrative and, you know, you see how disruptive this was, you know, all they did was like pick daisies and play make-believe out in the fields. And then like, they're sending all the boys out to, you know, fight in the war. Wow. So it just felt like that same like jarring transition to the pandemic where you're just like, Oh my God, you know, wow. I thought life was always going to be kind of like this.
1: And now it's, different so so without naming names because we don't want to spoil the last few books okay. there mm-hmm. are there characters like male characters that we come to love throughout these books that get shipped off to war and then maybe just don't come back you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to see where netflix is pulling the dark from you know i'm like all right if if we've got these no. books about people picking daisies like no. where do we get the dark morbid you know
0: Netflix didn't make it all the way through the end of the books like I think Netflix is only halfway through the second book but she's still a little girl Mm. Uh, and they're Uh still going dark and it's like no the darkest thing that should happen is when she accidentally dyes her hair green and she gets yelled at for it like that's the darkest thing that should happen. Right, right.
2: But in the book, she does have to send two or three of her sons off to war. So you're very invested in them staying yeah. alive, which we won't yeah. share.
1: Who does? But, um, yeah. oh. but yes, no, no, no. I, w- I wouldn't try. I think to we hold have a blister, almost, so, uh, okay. statute of limitations on spoilers on this show is three years, right? Like something had to have come out within <laughs> I mean, the last three years. Like, but but so no, we're, you know, extended, so. we're within the statute of limitations. Oh my god.
0: These books were written, like, a hundred years ago, like, so I think we're fine.
1: Sure, sure. <laughs>
0: oh anyway. Oh, dicey. they gonna
1: pitchforks, like, you ruined
0: this! <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll get, like, tweeted by Sparknotes, they'll be really angry, right?
2: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All these English yeah. teachers are like, you're making this so easy for our kids. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my god so my my thing is actually this is a good transition because my mm. thing is also something that got made pretty dark in a, a modern remake or whatever but wednesday on netflix it's a um it's a remake of i, I don't even want to would you call it a remake of the adams family i mean it's really just like it follows wednesday adams as she gets kind of expelled from school and sent off to like a weird boarding school so
0: yeah i would call it a spin-off and i'm loving it as well yeah, I'm also binging that. It's great. <laughs> as dark as it is, it's still great.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not so dark that you really couldn't appreciate it. I mean, I watched it with my daughter, and she's five. And I never <laughs> felt like, oh, man, I, I really shouldn't have shown her that. You know, like it, it never it never rose up to that level. Yeah. Like There was a point where we were watching Stranger Things a few years ago, and I really mm-hmm. regretted. it a couple of those sets With your five-year-old? Yeah, well, she was like three at the time. I, sh- I didn't mean for her to watch it. You know, she just kind of like found her way into the room and like I was so invested, I didn't want to turn it off. It was actually, if you're familiar enough with the show, it was the Battle yeah. of Starcourt. And um, the thing about that season was that it was so slow or really like nothing was happening for like seven episodes. And then you hit that big battle in the mall and mm. you know, this this big monster thing is coming through the ceiling. And I was like, all right, yeah, I probably ought to turn this off, <laughs> but maybe if she sees it'll be okay. <laughs> oh you my know. gosh. But, but yes, Wednesday oh. was nothing like that. It, it was the, okay. probably the darkest thing that I think happens in the whole thing is in the first episode. The reason <laughs> she was sent off to boarding school is that somebody picks on her younger brother, Pugsley, and she mm. takes a bag of piranhas and throws them into the swimming pool that they're in, you know, and mm. nobody dies or any, like, I don't even think they get, like, there's no, like, blood or anything like that that I can remember. But Oh,
0: there is definitely blood. Was and there she... blood? I, I couldn't what? remember.
1: I, I might have been looking over at my daughter like, are you okay? <laughs> You're not a common sense media, Vinny. I am not trusting your exactly. oh, She just loves the Adams Family so much. She's really into the, the cartoon one that came out a couple of years ago. So when she saw it on the thing, she was like, oh, we should watch this. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I want to see it, you know, big Tim Burton fan. But you know. <laughs> anyway, that's what I was binging. If you don't have a five-year-old around, I would definitely recommend it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Jessica, let us know what's going on at AT&T.
2: Well, we're closing um, a great year, and um, at least uh, I can speak for my team's year. Um, I am on the environmental sustainability team, and um, we really look at climate change and how can we both prepare the company to um, withstand the effects of climate change. Then also, how can we do our part in averting the impacts? Um, and I'm really and this proud. has been a
1: great year for that.
2: Yeah, yeah, it has. We um we just made a big announcement um about a partnership between AT&T, Argonne National Lab, and FEMA. And AT&T is actually um, making public a very high quality climate data set that we commissioned Argonne to produce. And FEMA is now incorporating it for their municipalities um, to to use to plan for disasters of the future. So that was a really, really big um, win for all of us, and you know we want um, we want every every mayor, every governor, every resilience officer to be able to use this data, so that the next time there's a hurricane Sandy, they'll be able to be prepared and adjust infrastructure and things like that.
1: I'm going to steal a line from one of my colleagues, Ray Cantor. We had an energy conference, I want to say like last month, month before, and Jessica Absolutely. actually flew out from Texas and, and spoke at it. And when he was introducing you, he said, you know, you wouldn't think that a telecommunications company would play a role in decarbonization. Um, and I, I, I'm shocked that you do. But, yeah, I guess AT&T is, is doing it and they're having a great year
2: yeah yeah we've committed um on the decarbonization side we've committed to become carbon neutral by 2035 and to get there we're really active in um renewables and then we're also looking at how can we be more efficient as a company and how can we convert our fleet? um we have a really big fleet so how can we think about turning those bucket trucks and all the cars that come out to your house to address um you know installations and service how can we convert those to evs so it's exciting. I love I love this job.
0: That is amazing. That's actually what my question was gonna be. As you were talking, I wrote down energy. Why at like, Yeah, <laughs> because usually it's an energy company, or I guess in my head, the uh, what makes sense is that an energy company would be focused on something like this. And for it to be a telecom company, it just feels outside the box in such a great way. Like, amazing. And so, sorry, I, this might be too dumb of a question, but I I was a history major, so I don't understand data sets. So when you say climate data set, yes. can you like break that down a little bit as if you were yeah. talking- like a first. Writer? Absolutely. No, please.
2: <laughs> no, I, I I needed the cliffs notes myself because it's I'm not um my background is not super technical. So um so I needed the same. Um when we're talking about climate data, so in the past, when you think about okay, where do we need to prepare for flooding or where do we need to prepare for wildfires, right? You look at, well, where is it flooded in the past and where have we had wildfires in the past, right? You're using historical data based on maybe insurance claims or, you know, just um, meteorologists or whomever is tracking this, right? And what this data, the difference is that this is actually looking forward. So it's looking at all the changes in the environment from the soil changes to the coastal erosion to the temperature rise and how that will then impact hurricanes, flooding, wildfire. And so asking the question, okay, we know it was not safe there in the past, but where in the future do we need to prepare for wildfires? So as an example, um, my parents have a home in Florida, um, and so it's it's on my radar as a place to like, think about um, the safety of. and. Our um our analysis is showing that actually they're going to be at risk for some wildfires, um, not to the extent, of course, that Colorado and California are, but it's something that they're going to have to be prepared for. So that's an example of just the disasters of yesterday are not the same as the disasters of tomorrow. Huh.
0: That is absolutely fascinating. And when you think about the the fact that this is not necessarily in your your bucket, like people who care about these things aren't necessarily giant global telecom companies, but you're still dedicating resources, people, money, energy to studying this. That is just so incredibly impressive.
2: I'm really proud of it. Thank you. (laughs) Um, and I, you know, what, What you do need to think about though is we have such expensive and extensive and distributed infrastructure, right? We have poles and we have central offices and we have cell towers all over the country, right? So we have to think, um, how do we protect these very expensive assets? So part of this is a business endeavor that you have to think about um, as a large corporation, are you managing risk and climate brings risks? So you know by looking ahead and by fortifying the locations that we see that might be vulnerable, you're h- helping to manage the risk, lower expenses and protect people and keep our communities connected, which is key, right? Because you think of the first thing you wanna do when a storm hits is you want to call your loved ones and you want to be able to text them and say are you okay so it's really really important that we are there to serve our customers at the moments that they need us both most
0: that makes so much so much sense and okay so my next question is maybe i don't know if it's stupid or not but like climate shouldn't be um a divisive issue i feel like there's enough evidence on the ground that we all should kind of just agree that it's a problem climate change is a thing um do you ever have to deal with like pushback or
1: um do you mean at AT AT&T or from the public
0: yeah but from the public or from politicians or from um talking heads who are arguing from a place of inauthenticity they're arguing from a place of more exposure for themselves does that make sense
2: yeah, I, what I would say is that um, we we definitely, I'll speak internally and then externally. Um, I don't
1: mean
0: feel free to name <laughs> me. No, I didn't mean for that. No, <laughs> I meant, it did not mean for within ATT. I meant people talking at no, AT. No, but still, no. She's, you know, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, if you think about it, if people are used to, you know, um, doing things one way, building one way, or re- Um, assets one way, and they used historical data in the past, then you are asking them to change the way they do things. um, And that can be hard. Any kind of operational shift can be hard. So I would say part of my job is, you know, to show like this is really valid. Um, And it's not as much do you believe in climate change or not, it's more just, are you willing to make bets on things that may not have happened yet? You know um so part of our our whole group's charge is to prepare the company to think differently to think about a systemic risk that you know we just haven't had to deal with in the same way when you think about externally though what is nice well climate change may be controversial climate resilience is is really not because you know whether you're a mayor whether you're a governor when a storm hits you're on the front lines it doesn't matter what you believe like you need to protect your stakeholders your citizens your communities so i think the nice thing about this fema announcement and and the tool that we're making available with fema and the data that we're making available is that any who wouldn't want to know how to protect their communities you know that's yeah. kind of a um a no-brainer kind of a proposition so
0: yeah, agree. Wow, that's a lot to think about. I love it. Okay, I think we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back and play a game. Okay, and we are back, and it is now time to play our lightning round, which today is brought to us by RWJ Barnabas. Jessica, are you ready?
2: I'm so ready.
0: All right, favorite pizza topping
2: pepperoni. Oh. Absolutely.
0: Great answer! I was so worried that living <laughs> in Texas had made you like want to put, I don't know, armadillo. Well, the, Do they have pizza in Texas?
2: No, no <laughs> oh I'm, I'm a New Yorker, so I'm particularly snobby about that. And I went to school in Chicago, so I've had deep dish and New York pizza. Oh, so I. Yeah. I admittedly, I'm a bit of a snot about that. But actually, the addendum to my answer is that I'm gluten free. So I don't really eat pizza anymore. So Uh, it's fitting that I moved to a place where I have less to eat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I'm sorry, though. I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. (laughs) It's a tough one. <laughs>
1: I've had actual nightmares where I'm. I find out that I'm lactose intolerant. And I just I can't live in a world without pizza. Like you know, you wake up in like a cold sweat. and You're like, oh my god, it was just a dream. You
2: know, like, I can still eat you
1: know pizza. what's so sad, Vinny? I actually dream
2: about eating gluten. Like I wake up and I'm like, oh my god, I eat a cupcake. How That's could your I body do that?
1: telling you something. <laughs> Hold on. You know what I'm craving. <laughs> Yeah. It's made into the subconscious and, and
2: pervading my thoughts. So yes,
0: exactly. it is sad. Hilarious. All right. Uh, greatest TV show ever made?
2: Gilmore Girls.
0: <gasps>
2: you, you and I, right. we're soulmates. We, <laughs> the Anne of Green Gables, you and I just oh, need to
0: have a sleepover. 100% we need a sleepover. Oh my goodness.
1: Are they right. going to make another season of that? Because I feel like the last one ended on sort of the, what, all right, you know, I'm going to give it away because it was more than three years ago, right? She says she's pregnant, and I'm like, all right, where are we going from there? Yeah. And I just said she. It could be anybody, right? There's two main well, characters on that that's show. That's true. Her yeah. mother could have been pregnant. Well, now you've <laughs> just given it away entirely. All right, so young Rory, right? That's I can't remember. She's yeah, Rory. In that show. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Oh, Amy Sherman Palladino in every um, interview that she ever gave about how it was gonna end that's yeah. how she said she was gonna end the show so oh, really? I don't yeah so I don't actually think they're ever gonna do uh, another because she said that's how she wanted to end it I could be wrong so, so it be
1: like full circle of her mom having her or whatever
0: yeah yeah, yeah to, well I okay. mean except for Rory's is not like a 16 year old child but right. yeah, yeah.
1: But she kind of acts like it on the show i'm not gonna lie <laughs>
0: I, I was so unhappy with that
2: you know bringing it back um thing i just would have written it i wish amy had called me and been like where do you need closure personally right? because the way it went was not it did not fit the bill so. i totally
0: agree with you we should have had a conference call with her because you and i i think could have written the ending yeah. a little bit better right was given some coaching on like
2: you know, stop whining, stop like cementing all these stereotypes about millennials that are super annoying and just grow up and be as cool as your mom, you know,
1: like,
0: thank you. But also in that last season, and I'm sorry for going down this rabbit hole, but it just, it is necessary.
1: You know, we ask this question in every show now and nobody's ever said Gilmore Girls. So roll with it. Thank you.
0: (laughs) All right. So in that Season Lorelei's storyline with Luke was just stupid. It's like they forgot that adults have other problems other than should we have an in vitro baby? Like you're in your 40s, you're close to your 50s, you've got other things to think about. Why are you, why is, it was just the dumbest storyline I I could, oh, I was so mad.
1: And can you see now why me saying one of them was pregnant at the end of the show wasn't the entire spoiler? Uh, Yeah, no,
0: (laughs) yes, totally.
1: We took it
0: all the way. <laughs> but yes, I totally agree with you about the stereotypes of millennials and how stupid. Yeah, I just feel like she should have called us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, well, you know, if and they when are this whole Mrs. Maisel anything, thing is done, <laughs> get a hold of oh. us.
0: Yeah. yeah. Where do you stand on Maisel? Where do you stand on Maisel? You know, I'm not current. Um, I
2: haven't watched the latest season. Um, but I, I also watched
1: the latest up. season. That would have been a while ago, right? It was a
2: long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, really, you know,
1: like it messed up everything.
2: Oh, so you're you're very unhappy with where it went?
1: No, I'm saying the pandemic messed up everything in the sense that I don't think they've been back. Like, they haven't had a consistent, like, one year per season for a while. mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. But I want to say, I'm just going to be bold and say that I loved season one, and every season since has been consistently worse. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, season one could be like its own little universe, and I would just watch that over and over again for you know once yeah. a year. Mm.
2: There are many fun. shows I wish that for, like the Morning Show. Great season one. I don't thank
0: think. You. Oh my God! Thank you. Season two, <laughs> that is great. Mm-mm. No, are very simpatico. All right. So, favorite movie?
2: <clears throat> Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. <laughs>
0: Ooh, nice. You had that locked and loaded. Nicely <laughs> done. <fun, laughs> I did.
2: I didn't
1: share these questions ahead of time. You know, no, you
0: know.
2: I've just listened to your podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, okay. Steady up on
1: anything sure. I might need. Thank you for watching. <laughs>
0: Thank you for watching. <laughs> right. Um, and wait, could, let's pause for a second. I saw that once a long time ago, and I remember being like mind blown. Yeah. So how many times have you watched it? And do you feel like you totally understand it all?
2: I actually, I I watched it like 40 million times, um, but I, I just watched it recently on the plane and it holds up like, and it's actually deeper, like as now, like a 40 year old woman, like I can really appreciate the nuance of like, oh gosh, like what if you could break up with someone and have that mem, all those memories extracted from yeah. your brain. Like, how would you be different? Would you want that? You know, like when you have a great love, like, is that so crippling that you would need that? So it was, it was really great rewatching. So I, I suggest, Kate, over the break to give that a I go.
0: To, i would have to check that yeah. out. Thank yeah. you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. uh, what is the most daring thing you've ever done? Okay so last
2: year in 2021 i went hiking with a girlfriend of mine and we went to sonoma and um we uh
1: so many different directions this can be going
2: (laughs) i was actually debating my head is it sedona or sonoma it's sedona we're in in arizona so my geography skills are really (laughs) on display here um but uh we, there was this one part of one of the hikes that we did where you had to walk or you didn't have to actually it was just like a giant selfie opportunity slash like Instagram mobile moment and it was this just really thin strip of rock that was like stretching over this giant chasm and like I at first was like look I will take your picture like you go walk over there like I will you know be your photographer and then last minute I was like I'm gonna do it so I actually Went out and I will send you a picture afterwards. But I went yeah, out on this we'll tiny right over, yeah. strip of rock, and it was terrifying. And I almost like shook so much that I felt like I was gonna lose my balance and fall off.
1: So it's but like a little peninsula of rock that juts out from the chasm. Let's say
2: it was almost like a like a little bridge, you know. Um, and it just it was definitely not as thin once you were actually walking on it um it was uh you know like wider than it looked but it was still just terrifying to process like if just things started to chip away and you could just like
1: like fall so So what i'm imagining if you ever saw indiana jones in the last crusade is when he has to go over that invisible bridge and then when you see it it's like that that rock that's That's, just a little wider than him that's pretty much what i look like that's okay I taste say that visual.
2: <laughs> Better than me being like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> you can do this, Jessica. That's what I pretty go. did the whole time.
0: So
1: <laughs> amazing. <Excellent>. All
0: right. <laughs> Two more questions. What is your favorite restaurant in New Jersey? Well, that's gonna be
1: a really tough one because yes. how often
0: do you visit? Yeah. I I didn't visit long enough because of my
2: like uh, dietary restrictions. I had to eat at a Whole Foods basically, so that
0: technically
2: (laughs) was the only place
0: I could find
2: there. So I I will invite you to make recommendations for me because I sadly haven't been to New Jersey long enough to refresh my memory of
0: all the wonderful places to eat. Hey, what's yours? Oh my goodness oh that's too hard right now um kai yang and montclair kai yang Mm -hmm. they they do thai food and they specialize in chicken and i don't like chicken and i could eat at this place every day all day it is amazing kai yang and
1: montclair okay oh i don't know we just needed a recommendation next time somebody (laughs) stumbles on that question doesn't have an answer you can come back to me fair
0: (laughs) fair enough fair enough all right we're gonna wrap this up quick because i know that we've got a Few more business-related questions, and while this is the most fun part of the show, we can it can't go on forever. Uh, morning person or night owl? I know. <laughs>
2: oh definitely a night owl although it would be so much more convenient if we were morning people because our sons wake up at 5 15 and like
1: and typically just so on their own volition or do they have to do like what is it like morning no, practice or they something just
2: wake up and it's like the melatonin just like ding like you know <laughs> totally just stops at 5 15 and you know you can kind of hear them fighting for like a good half hour and then we've given them you know, a restriction, like you can't come in till six. And then at 6 a.m., they both like bolt into our room. They're um, four and seven, respectively. And one of them is usually like, Liam's trying to kill me. And that's what I (laughs) wake up to. to. (laughs) So it's really great. So I wish I were a morning person to go in and like do yoga with them or something. But I sadly don't have that clock.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, but you know what? Yeah. Someday you'll you'll think back to these times as as we <laughs> fond memories. Like, remember when he? Indeed. Was? Yeah. Someday. Someday, yeah. maybe. Someday. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that was the, oh, sorry, Vin. Go ahead. That was the lightning round, which today was brought to us by R. W. J. Barnabas. Thank you. Shout out to R. W. J. Barnabas.
1: Awesome. Um. Before we get on to the the last question, I want to say I fact checked myself during our break. The Houston Oilers were an NFL team that then became the Tennessee Titans. So ah. I was wrong; they weren't in NHL. But you would have known better than me anyway. So yeah. Just in case anybody listening to the show was like, "What is he talking about?" <laughs> anyway, like are boycotting um, this. Exactly. Right. We're not coming to this fake news podcast anymore. Um. So Kate mentioned we wanted to get at least one more question back in about AT and T. How do you work with other uh, companies in this space? Yeah, so (laughs) we joked before this started that you can't put it all on one person's shoulders. You can't really put it all on AT&T's shoulders either, but go ahead.
2: Exactly. No, you're totally right. Climate is an area where you collaborate. You do not compete. So we actually work with a bunch of other companies through an initiative that we launched in 2021 called the Connected Climate Initiative. And through this coalition, we work with Microsoft, we work with Salesforce, Siemens, a bunch of other companies. And together, we combine our technologies to help um, reduce emissions together. And collectively, our charge is to reduce a gigaton of emissions, which is 1 billion metric tons. So it's
0: a lot.
1: Oh <laughs> I mean, I, I, not to get into the actual science, but how do you do that? Like, Yeah. Well, each of our companies, just like superheroes,
2: have special skills, right? So sure. um, AT&T's special skill is connectivity. And what many people don't realize is that connectivity creates efficiencies and helps to reduce emissions. So. Uh. Whether you're looking at a factory, whether you're looking at a city, we can provide real-time data that helps you understand, oh, wait, we're wasting energy here. Like, why don't I, you know, make this change and I can tweak this. And so that's the kind of thing that with okay. that and with connectivity
1: that we provide, um, we actually help other companies do that. That's awesome. Yeah, it really is amazing. Is there anything coming up you want to promote?
2: Yeah, I want to um, go back quickly to something I talked about earlier, um, AT&T and FEMA and Argonne's climate tool. It's called the Climate Risk and Resilience Portal. You can go to anl.gov um, and there um, so Argonne hosts the portal but it's really for emergency managers, engineers, city planners around the country and you guys in New Jersey can click on whatever your city or municipality is and you can look at well how will temperature change from now to mid-century or now to 2100. You can look at um, in addition to temperature precipitation, wind, and it's really interesting because once you get local, the changes are not all the same across the board. So it's kind of fascinating to see, you know, how many more inches of rain do we need to be prepared to handle or, you know, for those um, parts of the country that aren't used to extreme heat, where do we need to build heat shelters to protect vulnerable populations? So it's, it's a really wonderful tool and I encourage you all to go on. and. Look at how your your state or city
1: will fare. Cool. Fantastic. How do How do you find it?
2: Uh, so you can either Google Climber C L I M R R and Argon A T and Any of those terms will get you there. Um, but uh, it's also on Argon's site, so awesome. I will send you the link afterwards. Okay.
1: If anybody wants to get a hold of you, maybe learn more or you know get connected. How do, How can they do that?
2: Oh, I would love to hear from folks on LinkedIn. So um, that is my main social networking place. Um, so if you look up Jessica Filante Farrington, um, I'm on there um,
0: and uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Fantastic. What a great show. I am so pleased that we could get you on here.
2: Thanks for you. having me.
0: This was so fun. <laughs> the pleasure was all
2: ours. <laughs> the most
0: really delightful fun. interview I've ever done. <laughs> I'm seriously going be- to you on linkedin about our shows so just just wait for that <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> all right um thank you to our listeners especially the subscribers we really appreciate the support thank you to new jersey manufacturers insurance group the official sponsor of this show they do home auto and workers comp, so check them out if you need some updated coverage and finally big thank you to jessica Falante with at&t for joining us today had a great Thanks. time
2: well
0: great to chat with you guys thank you so much <laughs> It was our pleasure and we'll see you next time. Bye.